0: So welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored always by Axis Communications and thanks to our supporting partners 3XLogic, Mighty and Aura. Now, my guest this week is Victoria Crockett. Now, Victoria is responsible for the Co-op's group strategic approach to regulatory compliance, crime, security and business resilience. My goodness me, that is a full <laughs> remit. Now, in her previous career as a senior police leader at Lancashire Constabulary, I think I'm right in saying where she led a large team which included oversight of dynamic and high-risk priority incidents. Victoria was also chair of the Constabulary Staff Association for Female Colleagues, inspiring women in policing. Now, known for being passionate about driving change and improving opportunities for women, Victoria was instrumental in provoking challenge and embedded practices that created disadvantage for women in the working place and calling them out and getting some change. So, Victoria, welcome. Thank you very much indeed for being my guest this week.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me. Lovely to be here.
0: So before we get going, first question, background and career to date, but a little bit before that, you're okay. Victoria at school, staring out of the window. I've touched <laughs> on the fact that you did a year or two with Lancashire Constabulary. Was it always the dream to be uh, a police officer or was there something else that was beckoning Uh, in those four years?
1: Well my father was a police officer so I always had it at the back of my mind that I would like to do it but my dad really tried to persuade me not to join the police probably from being a young age I said I wanted to join the police so momentarily I thought I might want to be a pathologist Um, so I set off on my A-levels to do that found out very quickly very hard to do And then um, was a bit naughty, gave up my A-levels, didn't go to university, ended up working in a supermarket because my mum gave me the ultimatum, you either go back to college or you get a job. So I got a job, worked at a supermarket and then ended up working in banking for three years. So I worked for Barclays Bank for three years in East Lancashire. And then I kind of decided, no, I do want to join the police. So as Young people do they will challenge their their parents, and um, yeah, the rest is history. So, I joined the police when I was 20. Uh, and hard to believe, but am I right in
0: thinking you did 20,
1: 20,
0: 26 years wow. in the police? Yeah. And, yeah, and so I mean, funny that you say you say pathology was quite difficult, and of course, the police is well known for being an easy career choice. Uh, <laughs>
1: It was the academic side because years ago you didn't need a degree to join the police and I I didn't I didn't particularly have any interest in um, studying I only took my um, MBA when I was 46 so I left it quite a long time to go to university to be honest. And so you did
0: 26 years in the police yeah did you then think okay you know you started to look around how did the transition from uh, from, from a constabulary to the co-op come about?
1: Well, it, it, it was one of those fortuitous moments, really, because um, the co-op had wanted to look at how they could support colleagues by preventing and reducing the amount of violent crime that they were facing. So whilst the co-op were working with the College of Policing around how they might be able to get a seconde into, um, into the organization. I was actually looking on the computer for a different role to do because you can move around in different roles within policing. Um, I'd done this particular role for a couple of years. I was looking for some, some challenge. I had actually just um, enrolled on my MBA. So I then saw that the co-op were looking for someone to come and help them tackle violent crime. And I thought, well, I'll give it a go. And the rest is history. Now, in theory, I was on a senior leadership development programme where you did a secondment with with an organisation and then you came back to policing and you passed on your learning. I just never went back (laughs) to the constabulary because I love the co-op so much that it's amazing. It's an amazing place to work.
0: So so we all dread a knock on the door from the police officer. Are you going to get one one day saying, uh, excuse me, Victoria, you seem to be missing? (laughs)
1: <laughs> no I was really lucky they allowed me to take a career break and I've since resigned from that because I've officially done the 30 years that I that I needed to do so yes I am a pensioner as well <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. so so I mean it sounds like uh, somebody sat down and almost wrote that role for you at the co-op for you to, to drop into but tell me a little bit more I, mean, I know you just give it a little overview but but what is the role, the remit? You
1: know, who, yeah. who, who do you report into? Where does it sit within the organization? Um, so it's it's part of what is called the second line of defence under risk management. And obviously lots, lots of you, your viewers will will know what that means. I didn't have a clue what it meant when I went working <laughs> on secondment, but obviously I've learned because I've been there five years now. Um, so we work alongside the first line, so that's people out in the businesses, and also the third line, so your audit teams. Um, and I support and help sort of set the strategy and policies around, as you said, regulatory compliance, business continuity, and also crime and security. So I've got a really wide portfolio. Um, And also I'm the sort of subject matter expert on complex investigations, as you would hope, having been in the police for 26 years. Um, So I do get involved in that and lead those occasionally. So it's a it's a really interesting role. Um, as you'll know, the co-ops recently had a restructure. So we've now moved into joint internal audit and risk function. Um, so I've got a very small but perfectly formed team I like to think who support me in achieving what we need to
0: do. I mean I have to say I mean that is a a huge remit uh, Mm. in terms of so you know lots of touch points within the business so what on earth you sit down in the morning you know open the laptop up uh, and, and look at your inbox or your diary what on earth does your day-to-day look like with with that area of responsibility and what on earth takes up the bulk of your time
1: um it it, it, because it is such a varied role it is very varied so we'll one minute i'll be working with my physical security expert looking at what we need to do to think ahead for the uh, protect duty under the counterterrorism um legislation that will probably be coming down the pipeline. And the next thing I'm working with another team member looking at what can we do to look at long term strategies to reduce and prevent violent crime across the whole of the business. I might then be talking to other retailers about um, issues that they might be facing, that you know looking at the intelligence picture, um, working with my um, leaders to think about what do we need to put in place to protect people sometimes doing interviews um you yeah, get lots and lots of different things and occasionally we'll get investigations that come in that will take priority because we need to get those those done as soon as possible and and in terms
0: of all that remit is, is that is the various parts of the business that say okay we've got a problem or we need some work doing on this area or that area and, and it sounds like you're the catch-all for all those difficult bits and pieces that that
1: that don't quite fit with anybody i'm really lucky because i've got really um good relationships with a lot of my key stakeholders out out in the businesses so as you know the co-op isn't just one business so food retail is the biggest but then obviously we've got the insurance we've got the funeral care we've got funeral care plans um we've got um, a legal services business because you have your points of contact they, they are really good they will reach out and ask for advice and support but you know vice versa as well because I may come across something and want to see their their views on it as well and how it may impact their business. So yes you ran through
0: all of the various uh you know areas that you get involved in it did it did take me back to my uh days I used to work uh for the co-op and I actually ran a number of stores way back when um I think I've said before I started off as a graduate intake at home base when it was owned by sainsbury's and uh, and then moved across uh to the co-op and uh, and everything from those very small stores as i sort of learned i think uh then went up to what were some of the bigger supermarkets i think 250 staff complement was the the biggest store that that i uh, ran that's way back <laughs> way back when at 21 as well my goodness wow, me, well done. doing letting <laughs> you see that's what happens when you go on a graduate intake program without being a graduate. So uh, so I got a place with Sainsbury without actually being a graduate so to uh, so managed to, to Perfect. Don't, don't be too impressed there was a no I am <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am It's great though.
0: There was a short-lived initiative um, I offer a right tangent here but uh, some a few people might remember it called a CEE certificate of extended education and you were supposed to take them alongside your A levels. And I was one of the people that did a CEE in business studies, majored in accountancy, got a first alongside my two A-levels, government and politics and pure economics. And that qualified me to be a graduate at uh, at Sainsbury's at the time, but uh, yeah, there you go. Not quite anybody that's seen my adding up mathematics or uh, uh, will will be as bamboozled as I am that I managed to get a first with accountancy as my major (laughs) in business. For every type of business, the power of a data-driven security video management system designed to give you total control anywhere, anytime. Three X Logic. People ask questions about how do I get my agenda and what I want to achieve onto the radar, and how do I get what I want? Now you've clearly worked in, you know, police constabulary, public sector, uh, and you know, through to in the commercial world what have you learned over the years about how to influence senior leaders to either make them think it was their idea or to back <laughs> your idea or whatever it might be because so often we hear people say oh i just can't get this project over the line i can't get you know can't get anything done but you've operated in some challenging environments and continue to do so and continue for what i can see to 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 deliver so how do you do that other than being a thoroughly nice person, Victoria? What's the what's the top oh, tip?
1: Smiling always helps, doesn't it? But no, in, in reality, you've got you've got people are coming at things from different angles and different perspectives. So you you have to remember that at, at board and senior level, they're looking at um, what is a strategic issue, whereas you may be coming at it from an operational point of view. And whilst you might be really aware that this particular project or issue that you've got could really make a difference, you need to put yourself in their shoes. I think, and take a step back and have a think. Right, what what are the implications for the whole of the organisation? And um, making sure that it's not too granular, too too much detail, because you know, boards and senior leaders have a a lot of documentation to read, have a lot of information thrown at them every day and you need to be able to translate that into something that will um, make them interested and it needs to align to the strategy. So whatever you're doing has to be part of the strategy of the organisation. No matter how good you think it may be, if it's not aligned to the strategy, then there's a chance that it won't get over the line. And you've got to think about um, the commerciality of it and also the the financial implications and the resource implications for it. Um, So, yeah, I think putting yourself in the shoes of the senior leader or the board is always a good starter for 10.
0: Yeah, and I guess taking time to actually understand the strategy because... Yeah, Uh, somebody mentioned this on a podcast the other day, you know, a a good barometer of whether everybody's pulling in the same direction is to randomly ask people what the organization's focus and strategy is. And you'll be horrified that um, most people, even senior management within the business, don't actually know. So um, I guess hats off to you for for
1: taking the time to learn it. Well, I think I think people will always work in silos because you really want to be successful in your particular area that, that you are in. I think you'll be more successful if you look outward as well across the organisation. And, you know, i building networks and, and st- even if that's nothing to do with your role, which, you know, has been one of the downsides of COVID has been the fact that it's been really difficult to network in order to build those relationships up and, and learn more about what other people's strategies are. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to being able to get back in the office more and more to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, and actually, you know, the main part of our business is the the events and the physical gatherings. Uh, And I have to say, the rebound, um, you know, we're 20 years old this year, but some of the attendances we've seen, particularly around the world, have have exceeded all previous records as people have come back in uh, and jokes around, you know, great you remember to put your trousers on today as well as a shirt as well, because we all just sort of sat there in a different world. But it is, it, it makes you realize. Um, and I know there's been some negative press where certain organisations think Elon Musk was famously one of them. You know, return to the office or leave. Um, yeah. And there's maybe a compromise somewhere in there. But yeah, I think we are, you know, social creatures, aren't we? And uh, and and building yeah. that rapport is vitally important.
1: I know when I go into the office, I feel uplifted. I feel engaged with more engaged with the team and connected with everything because. You can just have conversations without having to make an appointment and go and speak to people. So you may have realised they like talking as well. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's, yeah, it is, but you know, it, it, you know, people understand your vision,
0: you build the rapport, and then, you know, to your point, you get, you get more and more done, don't you, because you understand yes. what their narrative is and what they're trying to achieve.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, look, a couple of final things. Now, I, I'm absolutely thrilled to say, you know, talking about, you know, physical real world gatherings but you are going to be joining us on I stage think. at retail risk leicester 6th of october i uh, know amazing so thank you very much for for doing that it'll be like going into the office but but hopefully a little bit more manic and uh and, <laughs> and more coffee and biscuits around um wh- what are you going to be talking about when you take to the stage what what can people expect from you
1: um, well do not thank you first of all for inviting me to come along i'm really excited about it but nervous as well because when you get invited to do other uh, conferences or speaking you you the little chimp as they call it at the back of your mind is going why, why would they want you why would they want you but i think um the the we're going to be talking about diversity and inclusion within within the workplace and um I can use my experiences as a female leader within a, a majority male environment, although that is significantly changing within policing. And probably the challenges I faced, but also where I got my support, um, how I've got the energy to um deal with the situations and why I did that. So I'll probably be talking about um what drives me in order to improve diversity and inclusion within the workplace. Yeah, and I think you know that whilst clearly it's the right thing to do
0: and it brings better balance and better decisions, even the most hard-nosed Neanderthal has to admit it makes more money as well.
1: <laughs> well, academic studies have shown that, haven't, haven't yeah. they? So um, and, you know, I'm working in the co-op. There's a lot of senior female role models, far more than I ever had in policing. And um, I do wonder if my career, if my confidence around my career would have been much higher had I had the same amount of senior female role models that I now have in the co-op um, it's it's quite amazing, really. I feel really lucky to work for an organisation that that recognises diversity and inclusion as much as as where I do now. Well, and also I think you know when
0: diversity and inclusion started to make its way onto the agenda, it it was it was so much lip service. paid. it was about mm. having you know more female leaders, more ethnic backgrounds, more diversity, as long as they all came in and pretended to be white men.
1: Yeah, and we seem yeah, to have moved
0: on from that a little bit now, and and actually having, you know, the people's true selves coming forward seems to be yeah. driving businesses forward at, at quite the pace where it's it properly implemented.
1: Yeah, I mean the co-op has a value, and one of them, and, and well, it has several values, but one of them that I really connect to is be yourself always, because if you're not your true authentic self, then you won't really be able to give a hundred percent. And I really believe in that. Just be yourself. You only have to ask my team. What you see is what you get. I don't put a facade on. And and why would you? Why would you want any of your team to do that? So I think that's really important. Yeah, I
0: I think you're absolutely right. You know, you're going to if you're comfortable in how you want to turn up and show up. You're going to add your value, add your worth, add your expertise to the business, which can only benefit you. So absolutely amazing that uh, you're coming to share your learning okay. I have to say yeah you know, the audience that you'll find 20 years ago my goodness me it was gray uh <laughs> and, and it was all men so you know the audience at the events uh and I have to say other places around the world you know we've just uh recently done an event uh retail risk Melbourne uh and in terms of a male female split they are leaving us behind they really are yeah. uh you know heading uh heading to some some you know serious inclusion there but you know it's on the agenda, it's getting better. So, thank you that you're going to come and talk about that. That's oh, thank you. Um, just one final question for you. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of you know retail uh, mm-hmm. and the future, you sit there, you know, you're now at a retailer, you've been for the last five years, you know, you get the vibe from within the business. Are you excited about the future for the co op? Can you see? new channels, which are going to create new investigations for you coming online. What was your
1: perspective on, on retail? I think retail in general, from the from the economic situation that we're facing, that we know is coming down the pipeline, I think retail in general, it's going to be a challenging couple of years for us, because obviously of inflation, cost of living crisis, all retailers don't want to pass on those costs to customers um, and that's, that's not what they're about, but they, they need to be profitable in order to exist. The co-op obviously has the, the other aspect where they want to support the community because that's what they're about. Um, so I think it's gonna be a challenging couple of years, but alongside that, I think there's gonna be opportunities around technology, things like artificial intelligence, Dare I say, let's see what happens with facial recognition. In my world of crime and security, look at what what happens with that. Um, We're looking at digital products, business optimization. So looking at how can we streamline processes through the technology that we have. So I think there's a lot of exciting opportunities. In my world around crime and security, I genuinely am worried about a lot of how communities are going to be able to manage things, um, you know, the the cost of living and the energy crisis at the moment. So part of my my world is looking at how do we as an organisation um, manage potential energy situations. For example, if there was to be a blackout or something like that. So yeah, I think there's challenging times ahead, but also exciting technological advances will be coming down the pipeline as well.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And interesting, you mentioned sort of potential power cuts. I was talking to a retailer only this week and they've invested in um, battery powered lighting for their stores on cradles, which stays fully charged. And they've upgraded uh, or sort of addition to their EPOS system with handheld terminals with long battery life. That's great. So that sounds
1: fantastic. Yeah. So it's all those sorts of initiatives yeah. that our food retail business are all looking at because listen, this is something like this is going to happen. So we've got a little bit of time and we know we can plan for it. We didn't, we, the pandemic hit us without us really having much time to plan for it. Although if you had a good business impact assessment and business continuity plan, you would know that you should have thought about pandemics, but no one thought it was going to last two years. Um, but we know the kind of issues that are going to be coming down the pipeline now. So we need to plan for them and, and think about supporting our colleagues and also our customers to make sure they still have a, a, a good customer experience
0: yeah absolutely so uh look victoria it's been an absolute pleasure uh speaking thank to you. you um thank you very much for for being uh my guest this week uh thank you so much that you're going to turn up in person at retail Risk Leicester. i wish you every success uh in your continued career at the co-op thank you. absolutely stellar job superb and uh, thank you very much indeed we'll see you soon see you
1: later Thank you we